want to do more than follow orders, think outside of the box, and manifest your dreams, then you've come to the right show. Welcome to the award-winning podcast, Holding Down the Fort by U.S. Vet Wealth. I'm your host, Jen Amos, a gold star daughter, veteran spouse, and entrepreneur. For season seven, I am ecstatic to be in partnership with the Rosie Network to highlight motivational stories of personal growth, financial awareness, and autonomy in our military community. Now, let's get started. Hey, everyone. Got a quick question for you. Have you ever felt that the mainstream fitness industry sets unrealistic or extreme standards? Well, I had the fortune of interviewing founder of Shape by Strength by Anna Wood. In this conversation, Anna shares her experience as an immigrant military spouse adjusting to a new country while her husband was deployed. As a service to CEO alumni, and service to CEO Lee Chapter of the Rosie Network, she learned to design her business in a way that doesn't conform to mainstream fitness industry standards. She encourages her clients to focus on wellness rather than weight loss and making fitness accessible in a way that fits into people's lives. Anna, it was such a pleasure having you on our show. Thank you so much. I want to encourage all of you, if you want to look her up as you listen to this conversation, to check out the show notes of this episode and get all the links on how to get a hold of her. If you are new in podcasting, no worries. Just open up the browser app, whether it's on desktop or mobile, and search the website holdingdownthefortpodcast.com. On the very top in the search bar, just plug in the numbers 169, that's episode 169. And from there, you will find Anna's episode and all the ways to get a hold of her. Last but not least, this is a ad-free conversation thanks to my company, U.S. Vet Wealth, where we're all about providing financial services and education to our military retirees. Thanks to my company, our show actually has a free podcast portal for bonus content, which I will talk more about in the post-commentary of this episode. So stick around to the end after the outro music for more information. Until then, please enjoy this conversation with Anna Wood. All right. And with that said, I am incredibly excited to welcome Anna Wood to season seven of Holding On The Fort. Anna, welcome to the show. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Yes. And so I want to open us up with an icebreaker question. I have five cards in front of me and I would like for you to pick a number between one to five and I will pick the card for you. <laughs> Three. OK, that's the middle one. All right. Oh, this is a funny one. OK. Do your plants thrive or die in your care in your care? And explain. I only have plastic plants. because <laughs> I, ha- I have learned my lesson. I have the black thumb of death. <laughs> you know, my, my cats are thriving, but that's because they speak up and they ask for food. But, you know, like the approach that I like, I saw this tweet. Did my plants actually die or did they just not have what it takes to thrive in this fast-paced environment? So, yeah, all plastic and they look phenomenal. 
There you go. Hey, plastic plants go a long way. I feel like they still like make a room feel alive. And good thing is you don't have to water it. Like my mom-in-law recently, not recently, but a couple months ago when she was downsizing, she gave us a bunch of her plants. And so far, I'd say that one of them is thriving pretty well. But that's only because like, it's like just one of those plants that doesn't need a lot of love and attention. And the rest of them are in the front yard and they're all covered by weeds because we <laughs> didn't realize how intense summer can be and how quickly weeds and plants and everything grows. We haven't had a front yard in a very long time. So the fact that we have one now, it's like, oh, we got to take care of this. And it's a lot harder than we thought. Like we were optimistic in the wintertime when, you know, nothing wasn't growing. Uh And now everything's growing and we just kind of give up. So we're going to have to get a gardener. But anyway, other than that, thank you for indulging me in that icebreaker question to just get us to warm up. I always find those really fun. And I'm just excited to chat with you, Anna. You know, something that I have learned about you so far is that you are heavily invested in the military spouse community and considering how you yourself are also a military spouse. So tell us a little bit about that and what does it look like to give back and, and um, you know, give your time to the military spouse community today? Yeah, for me, giving back, you know, my experience, I came here as an immigrant spouse and it was kind of rough because we got married and we arrived here in here is in San Diego, which we are still here <laughs> eight years later. My Ooh, husband wow. is now out of the Navy. But when we first arrived here, our first real duty station together and my husband deployed like two, three months after. So I found myself completely alone and I just had to figure everything out in a completely new country with nobody that I knew. So there's this quote that I like from the newest Terminator movie, Dark Fate, like everybody hated it. But there's this quote where uh, Sarah Connor and, you know, she's very seasoned now. She's like taken down like a thousand Terminators or something at this point. Mm. And there's a new girl that needs protection. And the other lead asks her, like, why do you care what happens to her? And Sarah Mm. Connor says, because I was her and it sucks. So that's what it means for me to give back because... There's so many times, you know, being appreciated is nice as a military spouse and being recognized. So I'm not saying that that's not important, but you can only hear, oh, you're so resilient. You're so awesome. You're so strong and clap for you so many times and not get actual help and actual steps on how to improve your situation. That can only go so far. So that's why I like being involved in things that give tangible and you know, meaningful improvements. One of the things that I do is through hiring our heroes and I am the local lead for their uh, military spouse professional network here in San Diego. It's about a thousand people, a thousand spouses in a Facebook group and we have networking events each month. And, you know, it's, it's lighthearted and it's, you know, getting out and getting to know each other as a plane. (laughs) It's all good. It's all good. Don't feel positive. You you want. Yeah, I, I'm going to pause for the plane. Like, yeah, I, that's I, totally I, fine. I, I, th- I think we know. Like, we just wait for the jet to pass. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. No, I totally understand. We live in um, Virginia in Hampton Roads, like big military town. So it's kind of like, all right, just you know, you know the drill. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it like the microphone picks it up, but I'm just going to wait until I hear it's 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 gone. So yeah, yeah, whatever helps for you. And obviously, it's your audio quality at the end of the day. So yeah. if you don't want that to get picked up while you're talking, then you know, 
might as well just skip it. I don't know how much it comes across, but sometimes when they are closer, like they set off like car alarms and stuff. So it's like, really? Yeah, because all oh, this, man. like we are not on base, but we are close to an airport where um, they actually do practice. Mm. And they like fly over this area a lot. So like sometimes it's okay. Sometimes it's it's really <laughs> yeah, crazy. Sometimes so, it's like, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I totally understand. All right, but I think it's gone now. So all right, let's all get right, back let's get to uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So at the um, networking events, what I love, for example, at the last one, there was a spouse who came and she's a new mom and she was like, hey, you know, I have my eight month old at home and I just had such a hard time so far and I haven't been going back out to the community. Mm-hmm. And I was like, who is who keeps on inviting me to these events? And I'm like, that was me. I'm sorry about the Facebook notifications. But she's like, yeah, like this is what I need. I need to get out and talk to other people and find out what's going on. And she got so many good tips and she was going like, okay, like I know what my next steps are. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want people to take away from anything that I do is that you go home and you know what to do next. Because I've been to events where, oh, it it feels good in the moment and then you go home and, you know, I would come home. My husband is still gone. I still don't know what to do. And I'm just like, I sit there and look around and like, okay, what now? So that's the feeling that I don't want anybody to feel. Yeah, yeah. You want to feel like you have a sense of direction and purpose and, you know, you don't want to leave these kind of events kind of like, okay, well, that was fun. And now what do I do with myself? And I really like how you said that you want to help military spouses because you see yourself in them, especially the ones who are fairly new and struggling. And it's great to want to help out in that way and have that level of compassion. Because when I think about what you're describing, it reminds me of when they say to service members like, oh, thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. But it's like, I often find that's like the most annoying thing anyone in our military community can hear. It's like, okay, like, thanks. You know, it doesn't go any further than that. It's almost like I think it's almost dismissive, you know, for some people to just say thank you for your service. And so I really like how you want to be involved in these spouses lives and make sure that they have a sense of a purpose or like action steps so that when they leave, um, like the social gathering, it's not just like, like, okay, I'm back home. What do I do with myself? You know, so I think that's wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, I know that right now you are helping out with the Rosie Network. And I feel like I can kind of relate to this in a sense, because right now we are partnered with the Rosie Network to do our show holding down the fort. You know, you helping the Rosie Network is, is kind of like a full circle moment for you because you were part of their cohort like way early on. So tell us about that and how here you are years later continuing to help the Rosie Network. Yeah, it is a full circle moment. And I just love what the Rosie Network does so much. And just an amazing organization and an amazing example of, you know what to do next. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, it's just such a good resource. And for me, when I first heard about them, I I saw a Facebook post by somebody, there's a legal workshop for for military and spouses about small business, and you can come and I'm like, um, okay, like, I'm like, vaguely interested in this, but I honestly don't believe that I could do anything like that Mm. for like a couple more years or something like that. That just seems like, you know, way too far out and way too complicated. But I'm gonna go and see what's up. Yeah. And I actually ended up being in cohort number two back in the day. Wow. So it, Crazy. <laughs> so OG like, right here. Yeah. OG, <laughs> way OG. Yeah. So um, that was a while back, but um, I have been in connection with the Rosa Network ever since because it's just such a great community and mm-hmm. such an amazing network. And 
even you know when you finish a cohort, that's not the end of it. You can stay connected and you can find out about so many things that are going on and keep continue to get help and continue to be a part of that community. And that's that's another way that is just so helpful. So obviously, when they asked me if I wanted to be the chapter lead for the summer cohort for Wounded Warrior Project, I was like, yes, absolutely. I, I would love to do it exactly for that reason, because I remember how I was so hesitant and I had no idea what I, if I would even be able to do something like that. Wow. And they really helped me discover you know, how much I was actually able to do that. And I like to say this, you know, people in the Rosen Network, like they believed in me before I believed in myself, Mm. especially for me as a fitness business owner, times have been challenging. Uh You know, you couldn't have your, you couldn't have your doors open to see clients in person. And so many times I would just feel like, you know, like this was great, but do I actually have what it takes like am I am I still a person who can help and I would see somebody post in the um, alumni Facebook group I would see a post from the uh, Rosen Network pop up I'm like oh yeah like this this is why I was doing this so just like that getting those reminders and staying plugged in that yeah I think I'm probably skipping over something but (laughs) oh no no you're you're definitely on track like you know talking about how just a recap, like talking about how the Rose Network saw something in you before you saw something in yourself. And even though you were asking yourself those questions, like, you know, who am I? Can I do this? And this reminds me of our offline conversation where we we're talking about the imposter syndrome. And, you know, when I was talking to you some time ago, I was uh, or early a couple of days ago, actually, when I was talking to you about this, I was like, you know, like, I get this impression from you that the imposter syndrome doesn't phase you. You seem to be very confident. You seem to lean into things. You seem to take on challenges like the scuba diver program, which we'll get, we'll talk a little bit about later. And then you surprised me by saying, oh, no, 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 I feel it all the time. You know, so I feel it. So tell us about that. And also how, even though you have all those, those thoughts, you don't let it define you either. Yeah. So about the imposter syndrome, and that's something that, you know, I used to think I was alone with that. And that's why I think it's important that we talk about it. Because, you know, the one instance that really changed, that was a conversation with other people who I was, and I I still am looking up at the time and inspiring people who you find. So inspiring people that you're looking up to. And you just believe that, you know, they would never feel like that. Like they, of course, they don't have imposter syndrome. And when somebody like that, is being honest and says, oh, yeah, I, I experience this all the time. And mm. then you're just, you're allowed to see it as something that just happens, regardless yeah. of who you are and what you do, and not see it as something that is there to stop you mm-hmm. or to make you feel lesser about yourself, but just something that's there and how you frame things in your mind. And if you think about if I'm feeling that imposter syndrome, that can mean that, oh, I'm not good enough or I shouldn't do this. Mm-hmm. Or that can mean, no, I, I feel this way because I care about it and I want to do a good job. Mm-hmm. And yeah. all of your thoughts and because this relates back a lot of times to to fitness. And if you feel like, you know, I don't feel good enough and I don't look good enough and I, I just don't think that I'm worth it and people are going to criticize me if I go into the gym and they are going to point at me and laugh at me. Mm. And that could mean, yeah, I just have this inner critic and they hate me, so I hate myself. 
Or that could mean that I have an inner voice that knows pain and they are just pain. trying to make sure that I don't feel that pain. Mm-hmm. So I can say, thank you. I'm going to be okay. And then it's not something that stops you, but it's something that actually tells a good positive story about you. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of which, I'd love to hear about your fitness training business, because in addition to these thoughts of like, you know, can I do this? Like, who am I to do this? Imposter syndrome, just acknowledging all the things. I know that when you were first starting your fitness or you were, you know, kind of creating the idea being part of the cohort program at the Rosie Network, you had a certain view of what it means to be in fitness training. Like you have to work at a gym or, you know, you have to yell at your clients or kind of thing. And the Rosie Network helped you open your eyes to designing your fitness training business the way that you wanted to design it. So tell us about that. Yeah, I had a lot of things about the fitness industry and how fitness training is conducted in general that really turned me off. Mm -hmm. And that was from my own journey. I had an eating disorder and I recovered from that eating disorder. But, you know, that it's it's not just about food. It's about how you see yourself and your body image and what are the things that you are telling yourself. I knew that working out and exercise was always important for me. I used to do martial arts competitions Mm. when I was a teenager. I I just loved movement and like challenging myself and, you know, doing fun things and and being active. So as a part of my recovery, I still thought that I would like to find my way back to that. But to be able to do that without that layer of your appearance being the most important thing. Yeah. And you know, somebody yelling at you like, oh, work harder because you need to burn those snacks off. Like, <laughs> I'm actually not trying to burn those snacks off. <laughs> I enjoy those snacks, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> yes, yes I, I had a really good time with those snacks and they're actually, uh, they actually letting me to, to do this right now. So um, the snacks are going to stay. Thank you so much. Yes, yeah. I need the calories actually, like the, they, yeah. they are staying. Yeah, so, um, and back at the time, like I knew I had this perspective that, I wanted to bring to fitness, but I didn't see a mainstream way to be able to do that. Because mm-hmm. if I wanted to work at a big gym, like they have, they have their expectations already set up. And I remember like one interview I did, like, yeah, and you have in your pay structure, these supplements that you can, can, but you know, you're like expected to sell. I'm like, yeah, I, I don't believe in that supplement. I don't want to sell that fat burner to anybody. Like I'm not... I'm not comfortable selling somebody something that I don't believe in. Yeah. So that was something that was really helped out by by the Rosa Network and through them realizing that I do have an avenue of doing things my way and being able to express myself and interact with clients the way I want to. And that was just such an important shift to see that, yeah, I can actually do things the way I want to do them. And I don't have to subscribe to anybody else's idea that I don't agree with. You know, I really like hearing that. I got to say that at the beginning of last year, I hired these coaches specifically because they had a very compassionate approach to 
your fitness. It wasn't about like, hey, you got to cut out everything and have a strict diet. It was it was kind of like their, their strategy was like, hey, just, you know, instead of having like Ben and Jerry's have like a, a keto friendly ice cream, you know, like they, they they taught how to replace. It's like, hey, instead of drinking like a soda, do like soda water and like, like squeeze lemon in it. You know, that's still, you know, you still get the carbonated water in it. And so I that was actually kind of like the first experience of me thinking like, oh, like fitness and, and, and taking care of my health doesn't have to be so intense. It doesn't have to be so dramatic. In fact, it was the reason why I stopped because I was like, I feel like if I have to get into it, I have to like go all in 100%. And, and you know, people like my husband, they can do that. They, he can go cold turkey and, you know, like do his strict diet and do really well. But like for me, I, I'm not wired that way. Like I have to... I have to enjoy the journey, you know, because I, I I don't like to see, you know, fitness and eating as as a chore or as a sin, <laughs> you know, like just because I'm enjoying like cookies or whatever. I love cookies, by the way. That's like my if you ask me what my I love favorite thing, too. Yeah. If you ask me what my favorite thing is, it's cookies. I love cookies, chocolate chip cookies specifically. And I am the cookie monster. No, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I do think that there's definitely an avenue for what you're offering because even even actually just today, I saw one, one of my friends and in some of the forums I'm a part of, she was talking about how one of the things that she wishes she could do but doesn't do it is go to the gym because it's like a whole event. So, you know, you got to like get up and go to the gym and then you got to like come back and shower and eat. It's, it's a whole thing. And, and then there's the workout itself. And it just seems like so intense. It just seems like it always has to be this intense thing. And so I really like what I'm hearing from you, how you decided to design you know, you're training differently. And I do think that there's a market for that. I think that the point is movement, right? It's movement and like eat. I mean, you actually, you tell me, what do you feel like is, yeah, because I'm not the expert. I'm just talking about what I've learned, but you're the expert and I, I need to stop talking. So what is like, what would you say is the point of, you know, why you do what you do and, and why you want people to, you know, incorporate like some kind of fitness regimen into their day-to-day lives? You know, the reason for me is that Fitness is important and we all know this and health is important and we know this and we hear it and, you know, a lot of times oh, I'm, I'm so fed up with that, like I know it's important, whatever. But the thing that I saw as I was going down the rabbit hole of my eating disorder was how something that seems like motivational or inspirational fitness advice and mm-hmm. something that's just casually thrown out there is actually leading down a pathway that can be really harmful. And, you know, not not everybody necessarily goes down that far, but it's like a spectrum of like, oh, this is healthy and this is good for me. And it just goes into this is restriction. This is limiting my enjoyment. This is limiting my my joy. This is limiting how much energy I have for the rest of my life. Yeah. And really just to reframe thinking even that like black and white thinking, like it, it, it has to be all or nothing. And because what we see, like, you know, if, if you think about like what is fitness on TV, it's like, you know, somebody like eating spinach and throwing up in a trash can. And, you know, I, I, I always have like, you know, you're not supposed to be throwing up in a trash can on your first personal training session. That's not in the package. We don't do that. But it, it's it's that extreme, and that's why it's hard to think about making it a part of your life because you're not thinking about something that is actually tailored for you and it can fit into your life and it makes sense for you. Just like, oh, if I really like this one thing, but I want to make it fit better and then I swap it to something that I still like, or you know, honestly, for me, like I even have the thing 
because I know how to stay balanced and I don't tell myself that I can't have anything. Yeah. Because once once you get into that black and white thinking, you know, the cookie is going to taste like 10 times better when you're thinking about it and you're not allowed to have it. Yeah. And it's just like, I'm like, I don't have self-control because I'm thinking about the cookie. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, like, you know, what I want to get people to is I can have the cookie if I want to. And I'm really clear if I actually want this now or not. And I'm not in that constant state of I'm not allowed to. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And, and, and those like the types like that, like that black and white thinking. And I think the biggest scam that's in the fitness industry is step one, you have to start with hating yourself. And then mm. step two, we tell you how to fix it. Ugh, real. If you think about a lot of times, like, would you have even bought that thing or thought about wanting that thing or doing that thing if the step one was not, ooh, this is going to fix something about me that's not good enough. Yeah. And for me to not have to start from like, oh, you want to have your whatever look like this, then you have to do this. I'm like, no, like you're okay how you are right now. Yeah. And I'm not going to require you to start hating yourself for motivation and start beating yourself up for motivation. Your motivation is going to be how much more I can enjoy in my life if if I add being fit or being strong to it. Because, you know, a lot of times I have moms coming to me and they start with I need to lose weight Mm, mm -hmm. and I understand that and you know like I'm not saying that nobody should ever lose weight like I understand that everybody has different goals Mm -hmm. so everybody's journey is going to look different but what I say is okay that's a goal Mm. and that's a valid goal and we can keep it on your goals list but that's not the only goal that you should be thinking about because if that's your only goal and you're fixated on a certain number Hmm. you're fixed in a certain dress size and that's the only thing that's in your mind when you don't get it you fail yeah and it doesn't matter what else happened it doesn't matter if you've been getting stronger it doesn't matter if you've been feeling better it doesn't matter if you've just been having more energy as long as you're just focused on that one thing you don't notice anything else about how amazing you are yeah and especially for a mom who's coming to me I I understand that you want to lose that weight, but also what if you had more strength and, you know, you could take all the groceries and in one trip if you need to, Mm -hmm. or you could pick your kids up or you could run after them and be stronger. And, you know, one of the uh, goals that somebody listed that I really love is I want to be able to dance at my granddaughter's wedding. Aww, I love that. Isn't isn't that such a better goal? Like if if you're working out, like, yeah, you're imagining yourself on that day and, you're fit and and you have that energy instead of like five more pounds. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, what is the weight loss going to get you anyway? You know, like what do people even imagine is, are they going to attain when they lose the weight? Right. Like I I love that specific goal of like, I I just want to dance with my granddaughter for a wedding. Like that's so beautiful. Yeah. And that's, that's the image that you're told that you are going to be happy when you get there. Mm -hmm. And as somebody who, went down and took that message way too seriously Mm. I was never happy yeah it doesn't matter how skinny I was I was never happy and there was always more I I could have done and honestly it got even worse and worse and Mm. the more you focus on 
on your appearance, the more you focus on meeting a goal that's not even necessarily that meaningful. It's mm. not expressed in a meaningful way that brings joy and and brings liveliness to your life. Mm-hmm. The more you're focused on that, the less happy you are going to become. And you believe that that happy state is there when I get to my goal, and it's not. And you get there and you feel you feel even worse. Yeah. And then you are going to go for even more extreme things or you're going to fall off Mm -hmm. and not care about your health at all. Because you believe that if I care about my health, being fit, being healthy is that extreme and it didn't work and it didn't make me happy. Right, right. And that's why it's not sustainable. So you're saying that in the fitness industry, the biggest scam, the biggest lie is telling yourself that you need to hate yourself first and then this is how we can fix you. What is your step one when you talk to your clients instead of saying you need to hate yourself and I will fix you? (laughs) Yeah, my step one is, and it's not going to be, oh, you have to love yourself. Yeah, that's beautiful. Because you would expect, oh, no, you don't have to hate yourself. You have to love yourself. But I actually understand that if especially, and I think, most of us have been conditioned. There's always something that you don't like about yourself. Oh, yeah. And you, you've been practicing this for years and years and years. And it's, it not, might necessarily, it, it might change. It might not necessarily be the same thing the whole time. Mm-hmm. But there's always something like, mm, if this changed or if that changed. And it's really hard to switch them and say, no, I love that about myself. And, you know, you might be able to do that. And that's great if you can do that. But the first step is to be like, okay, this is my body and, mm. and it just is. Yeah. No, I love that. It works for me. It does things and I don't have to love it and I don't need to hate it. Mm. I can just be neutral and accept it. Okay, it, it is. And it's neither a good or a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And from then on, you can build more of a, more of a relationship for self-love, but you can't you know, read 100 100 affirmations to yourself today and you're magically going to love yourself and you've been practicing hating yourself. I think the first step is accepting, okay, it it is what it is and Mm -hmm. it's it's okay as is. I don't have to have any kind of positive or negative feeling about it in order for me to actually do the best thing for it. Yeah, I think what I'm hearing is it, it doesn't have to be a big deal. The whole... Like your whole fitness journey, it doesn't have to be a big deal. It doesn't have to be dramatic. It, you know, it doesn't have to be black or white, all or nothing. It could just be, it could be mellow. It could, it could just be in the middle. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I really resonate with that because the all or nothing thinking, the black and white thinking was very real for me for a long time. And, you know, you're in San Diego, like I lived in SoCal for 20 years and all you get are those kind of messages, you know, about like, hey, you know, like, like, you know, like lose all this weight and you'll be pretty, you'll be happy. And, you know, we live so close to Hollywood. Like there's just that, you know, feeling of having to look and be a certain way. And, and I remember there was a time when I finally decided like, you know what, like my body made it this far in life. I still have all my five senses. Like I wake up in the morning, like I'm in the best health I can be at this point. Let me love myself for where I'm at right now and not make it about the weight. And, you know, I even went as far as, you know, just buying clothes that I felt more comfortable in rather than like, you know, having those pair of jeans where it's like, maybe one day I'll fit back into it. Like, (laughs) you know, donating all my high school clothes that I really shouldn't be wearing anyway, even if I did fit in them, because those are way out of style and they're old. And, you know, just like being able to adapt to who you are today. So I love that first step of 
like, you know, learning to love yourself in this very moment and accept who you are. And just starting from there, because yeah, there's just this weird, negative, you know, type of motivation in the fitness industry to hate yourself first. And, you know, maybe it worked well for marketing and advertising for people to buy whatever products that feed into your insecurity. But like you said, in the long run, it's it's just not sustainable. Exactly. And this is what I, I love reminding everybody because we need these reminders. There should be nothing in your closet that makes you feel lesser about yourself. Love it. That's amazing. Yes, I went through this as well. And, you know, I did gain a lot of weight after I caught COVID because that was like a big challenge for me as a personal trainer because... As part of my recovery, I had so much joint pain. Mm. For the first two weeks, I couldn't even walk on the stairs. Wow. So I was like, this is going to be fun. This is my job. <laughs> and there was this one crop top, uh. just like a sports bar crop top. And it was just there hanging in the closet. And I was like, this doesn't fit. <laughs> and I'm like, this, this doesn't fit. I could like put it on and be like, oh, no, I still feel great about it. But I'm like, I'm not going to feel great mm. about it. Mm-hmm. And I was like you know what, you you are a crop top. Like I bought you mm-hmm. to make me feel good about myself. So if you're not going to do that, you can leave. Love it. So it, it's just like, yeah, like it's, it's your job to fit me and it's not <laughs> my job to fit you crop top things. I love that reframe. It's like, hey, so we're going to have to let you go. Yeah, you no longer mm-hmm. fit with the company goals here. So here's your severance well, thank you package. Thank contribution yeah. so far. Yes. <laughs> you can go to the donation. <laughs> you can go to a thrift store. Exactly. I, lo- I love that. And, and, and that's that's what I did when I donated all of the clothes that no longer fit me after my recovery. Because mm-hmm. I was so sad because I loved them. And there were so many beautiful things. Yeah. And they were there for a while. Mm-hmm. And there, there was that weight in the closet and I would look at them. And I would just be reminded that, you know, it's for the better. Yeah. But I'm not going to fit into those anymore in my life. Yeah. And I shouldn't because if I if I ever fit in those again, I'm not in a good place. Yeah. So I decided, you know, I'm going to let go of these clothes and I'm going to say to myself, I'm releasing these for somebody who is going to feel happy wearing them when they are at a weight that is healthy for them. Mm -hmm. They just weren't for me. Yeah, that's beautiful. I'm taking all the affirmations, reframes, goodbye letters here. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's allowing yourself to go through that grieving process of, Mm -hmm. you know, that's who you were at a certain time. Like those clothes represented who you were, but they don't have to represent like who you're going to stay to be because you're not that person anymore. And and that should be a good thing. Like I, I think about, like I mentioned, like the the high school clothes and all the things that I've been donating throughout the years, really. And I just think to myself, like, even if I could fit in those again, like I'm not that person anymore. Like I, I don't even like that style. And it'll bring me back to insecurities that I've let go of. So I, I really love, you know, talking about the grieving process and also the self-acceptance, you know, of, of who you are today. Like, like you are just as beautiful now as you were back then, you know, and we got to hire clothes that are going to make us look good, not, you know, the other way around. So I really, I really love that attitude. And I think that if anyone, you know, it, it's summertime, the time that we're recording this. So if anyone hears this or when people hear this, you know, hopefully you'll feel reassured that, hey, 
if that bikini doesn't fit you anymore, it's okay to get another one. Or it's okay, it's okay to get a one suit. It's okay to style things, you know? I mean, this is going to come out in the fall, so I don't think anyone's like wearing bathing suits at this time. But, you know, just giving yourself that ability to grow into different clothes, you know, and embracing who you are today, I think is is beautiful. So so thank you for that uh, pep talk, Anna. <laughs> yeah. All the love. It's, you know, it's, it's being, being okay with change because I hear the song like, oh, I want to go back to where I look like this. So I want to go back to the body I had when. And accepting the fact that you're not supposed to, like change is okay. And it's okay if you don't look the same or if things don't feel the same. Because mm-hmm. it's life. And who, wherever you are right now, you are never going to be here again. Yeah, love it. And that's why like it, it's important because if you're looking at a certain point in your past and you're setting that as an ideal you're looking back at a past self Uh and you're ignoring who you are right now yeah and there's a a future self who is looking back on you right now and like wait I, i need that love right now I'm just taking in everything you're saying. It's very positive and reassuring. <laughs> I was all like, just just rain on me with all this positive affirmation, reassurance. It's like, if you don't have your own podcast already, I'm telling you. <laughs> anyway, let's go ahead and talk about where you're at today with your business, Anna. Mm-hmm. I know that like many people in the fitness industry, um, you had a pivot during 2020, but I don't think it was for the worse. It sounds like, uh, you know, you were able to pivot in a way that was exciting for you. So tell us about, you know, what your business looks like today. Yeah, you know, it's exciting now. It was nerve wracking at first to take everything online. Mm-hmm. But that's where I decided, like, I actually want to do more online yeah. and have online offerings that I can have people access and not just one person at a time. Mm-hmm. If I can help more people in the same time, then, you know, I'm getting a bigger the same thoughts that I could be telling one one person or the same workout that I could be doing for one person. Mm-hmm. If five people, if 10 people could do it at the same time, then that's helping me get the message out that I wanted to get out in the first place. Mm-hmm. And what I'm doing right now is expanding my online courses. I started this first a year ago when I launched my scuba diving workout, mm-hmm. which was funny. It was actually a collaboration with one of the other businesses that we were in together in the Rosen Network cohort, mm-hmm. Jade Scuba Adventures, shout out. They came to me and they said, you know, we want to have workouts for our divers because mm-hmm. we've been looking for a while, but there's really nothing that is specific mm-hmm. to to diving skills. And I was like, oh, cool. Let me try this out. And let me see what movements do you need. Let me see how it feels to be in the water. So based on that, I created a workout program for divers. We tested it with divers and it's really good and effective. And that was my first big workout program that's fully online. Mm. So it's on demand, you can access it. And I don't need to be there next to you in the room at all. The complete instruction is just there. And whenever you want to um, do your workout, you can. So I realized, you know, this is something that I want to do more of. Yeah. Right now, I'm working on a mini course for for neck. So if you have stiffness in your neck, if you have tech neck, if you're on your phone a lot, if you're on your computer a lot, if you just feel like, ah, this is really tight. How do we release that? And how do we like spend five to 10 minutes a day and get you back into better function and less pain? So I just want to continue 
building out programs like that that are accessible, that are actually helpful for people. And it's not like, oh, you hate how your butt looks. Let's do these five exercises. No, like actually, this is going to improve your quality of life yeah. and you are going to, you're going to be able to enjoy the rest of everything that you do more. Yeah. For me, I think what I like about fitness is more so just being functional, you know, just being able to do basic things in life, like carrying the grocery bags to the house or, you know, taking the step up to feed my cat in their cat tree because it's so high mm-hmm. up, you know, like just basic things and having the kind of, and I love, I love this mini program you're doing because like everyone needs that. Every, I mean, you and I are on a computer right now, like everyone has exactly. like shoulder issues, you know, like I go to the chiropractor for this stuff. So like, so I think it's very relatable and I, I just love hearing you know, the initial uh, collaboration you did for uh, scuba divers and then now this mini program, it's uh, really exciting to hear how you have like transformed your business to be online. And and I imagine that would probably open up more time for you to either create more courses or, you know, whatever you want to do with your time. Well, that's a tricky part because, you know, it, it looks like if you open a video that's five minutes long, and you will know this. I don't know if all the listeners like if you open up a video that's five minutes long, that doesn't take me five minutes to create. <laughs> got it. Got it. So there's a lot of <laughs> that took yeah. me a whole lot more. So yeah. there's, that was the um, learning curve mm-hmm. for me to realize like, oh, yeah, like if I I have to record these videos, I have to have the camera set up this way. <laughs> uh, oh, you, you can't see my head if I turn it off. OK. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's uh, it, there's definitely a lot more to it than is visible oh, on the yeah. surface. Yeah, I will. I will say as a podcaster, there's a lot that happens in the post-production for, I mean, the planning and then the post-production and of course the marketing. So I can completely relate and understand what you're saying with that. Um, but yeah, I just think it's uh, really exciting either way to, you know, venture your business in this direction. But yeah, that's really exciting, Anna. And, you know, it's, it's really cool to know that it took something sure. as the Rosie Network oh so many years ago for you to see what's possible in your business and be open to pivoting and doing things online, which is the direction you were going to go anyway, and, you know, be able to do all this. So I'm, I'm just incredibly uh, excited for you. And more importantly, I just really enjoy hearing you mm-hmm. talk about like really just encouraging people that fitness is more than just losing weight. It's more than hating yourself. There's so much more to it. And that's why I found myself just kind of like being speechless after you talk because I was like, yeah, yeah, that's true. She's right. You know, like I feel I feel so reassured, like listening to her. And if you don't start a podcast about it, you know, I'm just saying just just a thought there. But anyway, let's go ahead and move on here. So, you know, considering that you are uh, involved with the Rosie Network, you know, one thing that my company, US Vet Wealth and uh, the Rosie Network has in common is helping our military community really value like self-sufficiency and financial stability. We have different vehicles in doing it, but essentially, you know, that is why we have aligned and why we have partnered up for the show, Holding Down the Fort uh, Season 7. So with that being said, here you are in your journey. You've been in your business for a, a number of years now. I'm curious to know, uh, you know, what is what does self-sufficiency in your business look like for you today and moving forward? If I would imagine that you'd want to have your business for another five, seven years. You know, to first talk about that, I'm going to take it to a direction that actually seems to go opposite from that. Because in my learning curve about this, about self-sufficiency, I think there's a mindset and my husband was in this mindset. So I just kind of like came into it when I got married to him and I didn't know that, like how 
to necessarily navigate it at first, that you have to be self-sufficient and you must never ask for help and you have to power through things. And at least from what I saw with him and, and, and some other people that I know, I don't know if this applies to everybody in the military, but there might be a little bit here and there that people could relate to. And for me, what I found really valuable is to actually be able to ask for help, yeah. to be able to turn to your community, to be able to look at, okay, what are the resources that are available for me? What are our things that I can utilize to help me actually use those resources that I have available. Maybe I won't necessarily apply for it if I don't hear about it or I think, oh, that's not for me. That's just for somebody else who could use it better. And like, no, it, it's, it's for mm. you to hear about it, apply to those things and use them. Because from my point of view as an immigrant spouse, and I think Probably for military spouses in general, you just have this mindset that, yeah, this is just going to suck mm -hmm. and you are going to struggle and that's it. And if you just say, okay, this is a struggle. So this is just always going to be a struggle. Yeah. And then you don't look outside for, okay, how can this not be a struggle? And, you know, as strong as you are and as much as you can do by yourself, if you don't find out how else are things could be done or what else is available to you, you can really stay in that struggle mm. and not even know that there's an option for you. And, you know, that's just going back to the Rosa Network too. And I talk to people a lot about resources and what's available because a lot of times we think like, oh, if I, I, I need to get like education that's worth like, I don't know how many thousand dollars or I need to get so much done or I need to have something that's like a really big thing. Mm -hmm. And it could actually be something simple, something that's a free resource or something that's a low cost resource that's available to you specifically because of your military affiliation that can really help mm -hmm. you along. So self-sufficiency in that way of like, be able to ask for help when you when you need it. Yeah. And again, like as strong as you are, that's not all you have to be. And you can say, hey, I got this help. Like I'm saying right now, like I went through this cohort and mm -hmm. it was awesome mm -hmm. and it really helped my business. But if I didn't do that, I would not have a business. Yeah, absolutely. I really like your take on self-sufficiency. To me, it sounds like Self-educating, you know, educating on mm -hmm. what are the resources that are available to you. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely think the word self-sufficiency can be interpreted as, oh, you got to do it all on your own. You got to be stoic about it. You got to like, you know, not burden other people with your problems or your issues. And to, you know, maybe maybe to some certain extent that is important for certain times. But for the most part, you know, we need people. We need people. We need help. We need support. And so I really like that, you know, for you, self-sufficiency sounds more like, you know, educating yourself on the resources and the support like that you do already have available because you are connected to the military. And I guess the, you know, the last question I want to ask for you is about like, what does it mean for you to sustain your business financially? And and part of where I'm coming from is I it is my hope. My hope is for our community to know that you could diversify. You could have options outside of that military paycheck, for example. And it doesn't mean you have to make a million dollars or whatever. But I am curious to know, you know, from your perspective as a military spouse, what does financial stability look like for you? You know, I think that's an interesting topic because a lot of times 
as military spouses and as fitness instructors, it's like, ooh, um, I will need to take like, I don't know, five more spin classes that I need to teach or otherwise things are going to look really bad right here. So there's definitely been times like that where I would not see how things would add up. And that's a part of that trying to think of what is the scale of what I'm doing because I I used to teach a lot of classes. I used to have just, you know, I would wake up at 5 a.m. and then I would have a client at 5.30 and then we would just go on. And then I would like try to eat some lunch, but then we would, uh, then I would be teaching a spin class and I would be going to the next class from that and I would have clients in the evening and I'm like totally burnt out. And if I get sick, then that's it. Like I'm, I'm out for a week. I can't work. So for me personally, that's what I believe having online offering helps a lot with because it doesn't rely on me physically being present. And that was a really big learning curve for me as I was recovering from COVID as well, because I realized that I can't physically sustain that. So what is my business going to be? What is me as a trainer going to be if I can't be there physically? And I don't necessarily have to stand there next to you to give you value. Mm to give you something that is going to help you, to give you something that is going to improve your life, improve your mobility, improve your fitness, and being able to think along the lines of how can I turn what I know into something that can be accessed in a way where I'm not there. Yeah. Well, what a what an exciting journey to be on in your business. I think that is the hope for every entrepreneur is like, how do I step away from this? And it still operates and I still get paid. And I'm glad that that is, you know, the the stage of business that you're in. Because I do imagine that, you know, as a fitness trainer, it could be assumed that you have to be present, you have to be there, you have to give your undivided attention to someone. And you have found a way to duplicate yourself in a sense with these uh, online courses. So so I'm excited for you, Anna, and and to see how that's going to continue to play out for you and what, what other programs you come up with to hopefully work alongside of you doing the one-to-ones. Like you want to, it sounds like you, you kind of have a variety of offerings so that in case, in case you do, you are out again for a week, at least you can rely on your, your online courses. Exactly. And that's what I want to say about you know, being resourceful and because, you know, you can be really effective doing more of the things that are not necessarily sustainable because just like I used to put a lot of energy into, sometimes I would teach like 10, 13 classes of, a week and on top of my clients oh my and it, it was exhausting, but you know, like, oh yeah, I'm in really great shape. I can do one more and I can take on this, you know, somebody needs to substitute this spin class. I can do that. I can be there at 7am. I can do this. And a lot of times they're like, oh yeah, I'm really good because I, I'm taking it on, on all of these things and I'm really good at dealing with this. Mm-hmm. But what you necessarily don't see is that I could take that energy and think about instead of keeping this going, what is something else that I could do that would be just as effective? But if if I take my self-esteem from, oh, I can keep this going and I can work really hard on this, then I'm not necessarily going to be able to explore another option. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, Anna, as we start to get to a close here, I want to make sure that you share everything you want to share, especially to our uh, military community. So is there any parting thoughts or 
main yeah. takeaways you want to share with our community, whether they're entrepreneurs or not? They really appreciate the power that's in community. Yeah. And if you're struggling with something, don't be afraid to open up and ask if there's somebody there in the room with you who would be able to offer some tips or who knows about a resource. Because if you keep it to yourself and you think that, oh, nobody else has this problem, or if I open up about this, I'm just going to show that I'm weak, then you're going to be struggling by yourself. And maybe the person next to you has the exact same problem and you guys will never know. That was um, at Rosie Network Workshop as well about business planning, of all things. And I was talking about my experience from recovering from an eating disorder, but I don't really know if this applies to anybody. Like, I just feel like I'm, I'm alone with this and, and I don't know if anybody else would care about it. And the person who was facilitating the workshop, um, he said, okay, so everybody in the room, put up your hand if you had an eating disorder, if you know somebody who had an eating disorder, anything along that kind of was just like so many hands. Mm. And I was like, okay, I could actually open up about this more. Yeah. And there would be people who this really resonates with. And I guess my takeaway is that like, don't be afraid to connect. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to lean on your community because ultimately your community is why you make it. And <laughs> you can find the people that are going to be there and that are going to be helpful. Love it. And I think, you know, I think what I'm hearing from you is that community is healing. Yes. So wonderful. Well, Anna, I feel like this is a very, very loving conversation. I feel like uh, our listeners are going to be like, yeah, I needed to hear this today. So I, I really, really want to thank you so much for your time. So last thing I wanted to ask you, and I feel like I said this three times already, but one thing I always like to do with the guests nowadays is to ask them if, you know, turn the tables around and ask if uh, you have a question for me. So do you have anything you want to ask me, Anna, before we go? <laughs> yes. And I do have a question to you and this could go out to anybody else in the audience too. Yes. And ju just to finish on that positive and encouraging note and have something that you can take away with you and remind yourself is my, uh, my company is shaped by strength. Mm -hmm. Strength doesn't mean a look mm -hmm. or one certain physique. It doesn't even have to mean something physical. It's something that you find within yourself. For me, the way I define strength is strength is overcoming something that has the power to destroy you. So, and it could be, you know, it, it could be whatever it is for you, but I would like to ask you in your opinion, what are your top three strengths that make you, you? Oh, that's so fun. Okay. I'm going to just give like my, like what comes to mind. Um, mm -hmm. The first thing, what makes me strong is what you're saying. That's a question. Mm -hmm. So the first thing is my faith. I'm a very, I'm a Christian and I'm a very spiritual person. So that helps a lot for me is like having a resource, like a Bible to refer to and be reminded that um, I'm loved. So that's, that's the first one. The second one is it's having learned how to self-parent. You know, I, I grew up as a, a an, like, even though I wasn't the oldest, I was uh, the eldest daughter and my mom leaned against me a lot, especially when my dad what? passed away. Uh -huh. And I was a middle child. So I was also neglected on a lot of levels. If anyone can understand middle child syndrome here. And so I, I had to learn to self-parent. And I think that that is a strength of mine to like soothe myself, you know, like be able to unpack my emotions and comfort myself. So I think that is the second strength. And then the third one is... 
I think just sharing that with others, like it's like if I can, there, there's a phrase that goes like, while hurt people hurt people, healed people heal people. And I, I love that. Yeah. And I, I'd like to believe that I've gone through a, a lot of personal development and help to the point where I feel like I can be, you know, an asset in people's lives. I can be validating, reassuring and and loving and, you know, kind of what you're like, similar to what I, I feel from you. It's like, like, love yourself as you are, you know, come as you are, like you, you've always been enough. Now it's just a matter of like, you know, defining what strength in this case, like means to you and how, how Anna can support you in enforcing that, you know? So, so yeah, there's my faith, there's my self-parenting, and then there's like being of service to others, I feel is, I feel like those are my strengths. I totally just like made, I made all that up. So thank you for asking me on the spot. It's like, the, I, I feel like you got back to me because I, I like did the icebreaker <laughs> question for you at the beginning. So there you go. <laughs> we're, we're even. <laughs> no, all of those are beautiful. Yeah. And the reason why I like focusing on this is because if you look at yourself and you start defining yourself and you want to go beyond the external yeah. and look at yourself, what is something within me that makes me strong? And then you find you, you can do more than three, Yeah. by the way, like you don't have to stop at three, but you will find these things and then you start seeing yourself in a totally different light and you start seeing yourself in ways that, oh, maybe I didn't appreciate this about myself, mm. but I should. Yeah. Well, thank you. I feel like I'm going to be thinking more about this on my drive home. Like, what else do I consider a strength? It could go beyond the three, like you mentioned. So, well, Anna, thank you for our conversation. Thank you for sharing your story, being incredibly transparent on your journey and having recovered from your eating disorder. So congratulations and being able to help people and meet them where they're at and all the incredible work you do as a fitness trainer. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on our show. So thank you again. Thank you so much. It was so much fun. Wonderful. Hey, this is your host, Jen Amos. Thanks again for listening to today's episode of Holding Down the Fort by U.S. Vet Wealth. Visit holdingdownthefortpodcast.com to access the full show notes of this episode, including resources mentioned and bonus content. Once again, that's holdingdownthefortpodcast.com. Lastly, stay after this outro music for something a little extra. Thanks again and chat soon. Bye for now. Right, hey everyone, welcome back. Thank you so much for joining me here in the post commentary. I wanted to talk more about our free podcast portal in which you can get access to now by visiting the website holdingdownthefortpodcast.com forward slash portal. And I'm actually excited to announce that at the time of this recording, when you get access to this portal, you can also get access to the podcast version of the portal. And I really like the name of the podcast. I'm not going to tell you what it is because you have to go in the portal. But once you see the name of the podcast portal podcast show, <laughs> the podcast portal podcast show, 
<laughs> it'll be a no-brainer. You'll be like, oh, that totally makes sense that that's the name of, you know, the private podcast for the podcast portal. So if you're interested in checking that out, if you're trying out our podcast portal and you're like, I want a more convenient way to hear all of this bonus content, go ahead and go to holdingdownthefortpodcast.com forward slash portal. And once you log in, which is free, you will find out how you can get access to the podcast version of the podcast portal and find out what the name of it is. I don't want to say it just yet, just yet. Um, I just created it today. That's why I'm so excited about it. And I want to tease at you to actually go into the portal and see for yourself. And with that said, thank you all so much. Actually, I want to say it's been a while since I've actually done this recording at Post Commentary. And we have a lot of juicy stuff in the podcasting platform. I'm just going to kind of read through some of the things that we already have in this portal. So a couple of bonus content we have in this portal are podcasting basics. I have a six part series in here for anyone that is just looking for the basics on how to get started. And it's all available to you now. And you can listen to it 10 minutes each, five minutes if you listen to it at two times speed. And so you could actually cut an hour's worth because the six part series is an hour total. But if you do listen to it at two times speed, you'll get everything you need to know in 30 minutes. So that's part of the content we have in our podcast portal. Also, I do a consultation. I provide consultation to a past guest who is on our show about how to start a podcast. And so that's available for you. So those are just some of the bonus content that is available here. This is really a way to get inside our podcast show and learn more about the journey of running a podcast and also even my journey as an entrepreneur for the last 13 years. So once again, if that's something that is of interest to you, check out holdingonthefortpodcast.com forward slash portal. And it's all free. It's all free. You can cancel your account anytime. And the whole purpose of having this additional bonus content is really just to continue to provide value to all of you. So hope to see you there. And until then, I'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time.